everybody. Welcome to another episode of Nostalgia and Now with Laguna Beach. As always, it is your host, Kelly. I hope that you had an awesome week. There is definitely a lot to talk about this week, and I'm really excited to get into it. I also forgot that this is the episode of The Hills with the Mascara Tear. The iconic Mascara Tear. A lot of people think it happened when Lauren told Heidi that she wanted to forgive and forget her, but no, it's actually an Audrina moment. But while we start this podcast, let's all just take a deep breath, go, (sighs) because we are about to go into March, or I guess when this comes out, it will be March. So obviously last March, the world shifted, right? And I believe other countries may have kind of shut down earlier than March, but I would say United States shut down like March 17th, I feel like was that date. And since that day, it has felt like Groundhog's Day. It has felt like every month has been March since the last March. And I feel like I'm still trying to process it. I was talking to my mom about it and I was like, you know, it's really hard. We're about to go through like a really difficult time kind of reliving what happened in March. And on my end, basically March 3rd, was the day that the tornado hit Nashville. Luckily, I was okay. Everybody I knew in Nashville was safe. Unfortunately, there was a lot of damage. A lot of people lost their homes. There were apartments that were completely leveled. It was really sad, but it was awesome to see a city come together like that. So day of the tornadoes, I also got demoted from my job, (laughs) which of course was really difficult to deal with and to kind of swallow. It was a tough pill to swallow, especially on that day. Um, And then the following week, the following Monday, I had to put my cat down, my cat who I had for 19 years. And I wanted to say one thing. I am still grieving her. Um, A few people DM'd me about the episode I talked about. I want to say a few weeks ago. It's when I brought up the Girls Gotta Eat podcast. But they were like, thank you for letting me know that it's okay to still grieve like a pet loss. It has been a year and I'm still not fully over it. I am hoping to get another animal when I move apartments. I don't want to like get them settled at this apartment and then just move like a week later. But yeah, so that happened March 9th. And then I flew home for a few days, and while I was home, sitting at one of my favorite bars, I saw on the news that bars were shutting down. Basically, I got to the Boston airport, Logan Airport, March 17th, I believe, or 18th, and everything was shut down. And then I got to get my laptop from work, and then worked from home for the next, like, three months. And I know a lot of people are still doing the work-from-home stuff, but I'm just saying, March last year was really crazy for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. And I'm just, I'm trying to put out some positive vibes that this March will be better than the last. (laughs) I almost feel like that Counting Crows song, maybe this year will be better than the last. Was that a good Adam Dirks, Dirks, whatever his last name is impression? I think it was phenomenal. (laughs) I just want to give you guys a heads up. I did buy tickets to go home. Unfortunately, there's some family stuff I have to take care of when I'm home. But I'm going to bring my mic, so hopefully I can do at least one or two episodes. Maybe I'll make my dad get on the podcast and just try and talk about Laguna Beach. It would be funny. He would never do it, though, because he'd be like, you just want to make me look stupid. No, Dad. I just think it would be fun for us to bond. (laughs) Honestly, I'm trying to think of some other stuff to talk about, but there is so much, like, pop culture stuff to get into, the episode of The Hills. Um, Golden Globes are on tonight. I'm not sure if I'm going to watch it. I probably will. Just for, you know, just to watch it. I know a lot of people don't want to watch it because um, I actually got a lot of DMs about it being too political, and I do understand that. I know that 
the last few years of award shows have definitely been more political. I really like the red carpet, and I don't think they're doing that. I don't know if it's like a virtual Golden Globes or something. So I'm just kind of like, meh, maybe. I don't know. I don't even know who's hosting this year. I'm all out of, I'm all discombobulated. Also, I told you guys my dirty little secret. I always say I don't have time to watch shows on Netflix. The truth is I just don't want to get into a new show right now. <laughs> I feel like I'm not ready to commit. I hope you guys understand. But what I do on Saturday nights, and this is what I do when I don't have plans, I should say, like if I'm not out with friends or whatever. And as we all know, I, I mean, many of us are stuck at home a lot more than we're used to. But what I will do is I will watch music videos or concerts on YouTube. There are a bunch of full-length concerts. I know there's like the 1989 tour with Taylor, um, the DNA tour with the Backstreet Boys. There are a bunch of, even like throwback NSYNC, throwback Britney tours. There are a bunch you can watch. And it's also fun if you are hanging out with friends just to like chill and watch some of your favorite singers. So that is my little suggestion for a Friday or Saturday night or really any night of the week. If you don't wanna watch Netflix, if you can't find something, go to YouTube. There are a bunch of concerts that you can watch. Also, exciting news, I decided to sign up for dating apps. And I decided that on Tinder, I would be looking for men and on Bumble, I'd be looking for women. And honestly, nothing has happened. No one has messaged me. It has been very boring. So I'm probably gonna delete my dating apps because there is a part of me where I love being alone. I love being independent. I really do. But every once in a while, it would be nice to have someone to lean on a little bit more. My friends are awesome. Like I'm very, very lucky to have the friends that I have, whether they're in Nashville or in um, Massachusetts or wherever they are in the world. But I am very lucky to have friends like them. But sometimes I'm just like, sorry guys, I have to talk to you about the same issue again and again and again. But I think I'm ready to kind of put myself out there during a pandemic when you're not really supposed to. So I feel like this would be good getting to know someone via app first. I feel like that's a nice, slow way to get into something, but unfortunately no takers just yet. <laughs> I just, you know, it's been a long time since I have done my rom-com life. And it's funny, I told someone I was on Tinder and they were like, you know, that's more of like a hookup app than anything. And I'm like, it has been a long pandemic, okay? Don't, don't you worry why I'm on Tinder. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm not into hookup culture. I mean, a lot of people are. I am not going to say anything against it. If that's what you want to do, you know, I don't really, I'm not going to try and control you. But for me, hookup culture is not where it's at because I catch feelings. I'm a cancer. It's what we do. <laughs> All right. So with that, let's get right into TRL. I'm going to do... The way this podcast is going to go, obviously, I have the timestamps, so you can skip to whatever you want. Hopefully, you stay for the whole thing. If you only stay for some of it, totally understand that, too. But I'm just glad you're here. Um, TRL, I'm going to talk about Max Martin because it was his birthday. He deserves more respect. And then I am going to recap some MTV shows that have gone on this past week. And then The Hills, and then Pop Culture, and then maybe the Golden Globes. Oh, and some advice. I'm gonna throw some advice in there somewhere. Some of you guys had some awesome stuff that you wanted me to give unqualified advice for. Thank you for trusting me with that. Also, if you're on TikTok, I do have a TikTok. I don't post on it much, but you need to watch Mommy Farmer. I watch her every day and she cheers me up. She's my favorite part of TikTok. So if you're ever upset and you have TikTok, highly suggest looking up Mommy Farmer. 
Now, without further ado, let's get right into TRL, where there are no requests, it's not live, but we just have fun. And when I say that, I think of Abby Lee Miller being like, we're all gonna have fun. And that's how I think when I take the aux cord. I'm like, we're all gonna have a good time because I, for sure, have the best taste in music. <laughs> I'm the worst when it comes to that. Like, at least I'm self-aware but I'm not gonna change. <laughs> so on Netflix, the top 10 shows, and again, this is on February 28th in the United States. Unfortunately, I don't know if my top 10s like are worldwide or what, but in the United States on the 28th, the top 10 Netflix shows, Coco Melon, still hanging in there strong at number 10. Number nine, Firefly Lane. Number eight, Good Girls, which I've actually heard is a very good show. Maybe one day I'll give it a shot. Number seven, Canine Intervention. Number six, iCarly. And I get so upset seeing iCarly like back on my TV because the whole Dan Schneider thing, that's like a me problem. Whenever I see it, I'm like, that motherfucker. Number five, Behind Her Eyes. Number four, Age of Samurai. Number three, I Care A Lot, which a lot of people love. You guys know how I feel about it, but a lot of people loved it. So if you like thrillers, I guess, like psychological thrillers, definitely a movie for you. Two is Bigfoot Family, and one is Ginny and Georgia. So those are your top 10 on Netflix. On iTunes, number 10 is Astronaut in the Ocean by Masked Wolf. Number nine is Sweet Caroline by Neil Diamond, and you know that means people just want to feel something again. They just want to be happy at a bar singing Sweet Caroline, and I will never forget. I thought it was just like a Boston song because it plays during the seventh inning stretch at every Red Sox game, and when they go like, ba, 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 I thought that was just a Boston thing, and then I traveled to, then I moved to Nashville, obviously, and people do it here, so I was like, oh, damn, I thought we were special. Typical Bostonian thinking that they're special and the only ones who do something. Number eight is Only Want to Be With You, the Pokemon anniversary cover by Post Malone. And yes, that is Only Want to Be With You, Hootie and the Blowfish originally saying that. Now Post Malone has covered it. Number seven is Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo. Number six is Hold On To Me by Lauren Daigle. Number five, It Wasn't Me by Shaggy. And one of the reasons that song is so high up I mean, obviously it's a bop. We all love that song. We all love trying to figure out what Shaggy's saying because he sings so fast. But those songs are all like 69 cents right now. So that is why that one's up there so high. But again, I think people just want to feel something. <laughs> and you know, wasn't me will make you happy, even though it's about cheating. But anyway, number four is Up by Cardi B. Number three, My Head and My Heart by Ava Max. Number two is Clown World by Tom McDonald, and he is a very political singer. He's been on the iTunes top charts a few times since I've been doing this, and I listen to, like, the clips, and I'm like, oh, shit, like, he's very political, and I guess, again, I guess in my mind, I'm like, okay, have we moved on from politics yet? And I know politics affect a lot of different people, but yes, his music is very politically driven. And then number one is Drunk by L. King and Miranda Lambert. I really like that song. I like Miranda Lambert in general, so I am a bit biased when it comes to that. 
or when it comes to her music, I should say. Okay, so my top 10 this week are Max Martin songs. And the reason I wanna talk about Max Martin is I don't think he is talked about enough when it comes to pop music. If you like pop music of like the late 90s, early 2000s, and even today, then you like Max Martin. He has written so many songs for so many different people. He is basically the reason why Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, and Britney became who they were. Well, him and Lou Pearlman, but we're not gonna talk about Lou Pearlman right now. Actually, we have to talk about Lou Pearlman a little bit, I'm sorry. Basically, what happened was Lou Pearlman flew the Backstreet Boys out to Sweden, and, well, he flew them to Germany, and then they started working with Max Martin, who is a Swedish songwriter. And he wrote for like ABBA, I think? He, no, not ABBA. I forget who they said he wrote for originally. But he started to write for the Backstreet Boys, and in their documentary, Show Me, Show Him What You're Made Of, they talk a lot about how he had all these, like, funky beats. <laughs> I think that's what Kevin said, is he's like, you know, these funky beats that we've never heard before. And then they just kind of made it work. But that's why, like, I Want It That Way, Baby One More Time, that's why those songs don't fully make sense, because they didn't translate correctly into English. So I always found that really interesting. Obviously, Max Martin, as I said, he wrote for Backstreet Boys, Britney, NSYNC, but he's also written for Ariana Grande, The Weeknd, Taylor Swift, Katy Perry, Kesha, Pink, Kelly Clarkson, all these incredible artists, all these incredible songs. And I just really don't feel like we give him the credit that he deserves. I believe he's also written for Rihanna as well. He is just somebody who has been behind the scenes for such a long time. And of course, in the music industry, he's very well respected. People really do respect Max Martin. But when it comes to pop culture and everything like that, we just don't give him enough time. We don't we don't talk about him enough. You know, he helped produce 1989 for Taylor Swift. So not only has he written for, you know, these bands that we grew up with, he's still writing songs that are very much popular today. His music has spanned so many years and generations, and he just makes so many fucking bops. I bet you if I went through Bopper Flop, a lot of the songs are written by Max Martin, I bet. But I decided to put together my top 10 songs written by Max, and of course, you know I'm a Britney fan, you know I'm a Backstreet Boys fan, Taylor Swift, Kelly Clarkson. I tried to throw in some other ones, but these are my top 10 in no particular order. Since You've Been Gone by Kelly Clarkson. Baby One More Time by Britney. It's Gonna Be Me by NSYNC. Dancing With Our Hands Tied, Taylor Swift. On My Mind by Ellie Golden. Siberia by Backstreet Boys. And that's one of my favorite songs like in general. If you haven't heard Siberia by the Backstreet Boys, it's kind of a deeper cut. It was on their Never Gone album. Definitely recommend you check it out. It's so freaking good. Number seven, Stronger by Britney Spears. Number eight, New Romantics, Taylor Swift. Number nine, I Don't Believe You by Pink. In number 10, DJ God Has Fallen In Love by Usher. So he has written with so many different artists. So I guess it's all pop. I was going to say so many different types of music, but it's like pop, pop R&B, stuff like that. But I just, I wanted to give my man Max Martin a moment because he definitely deserves a lot more credit than he gets, at least like outward credit. I know I keep repeating that. I'm sorry. I know that probably gets annoying, but he deserves more outward credit. And I guess he has a book. I forget what it's called. Someone DM'd me about it, but I'm planning on reading it. I also ordered the Jessica Simpson book finally, and I will also be talking about that on the podcast once I finally get it. I'm able to read it, but I cannot wait to listen to her just drag John fucking Mayer. I'm a little nervous about Nick Lachey because I mean, I've always had a crush on Nick Lachey, but 
I'm ready for her to drag John Mayer for the trash that he allegedly is. So as you guys know, I am much more of an MTV watcher than I am Bravo. I do like Salt Lake City, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I really like that. I like Real Housewives of New York. And I just started Summer House, which I actually really like. So maybe I am both. But I, you know, I watch my MTV shows more than Bravo. Um, This week on Teen Mom, it kind of sucks. Like Teen Mom OG doesn't bring it like Teen Mom 2. The girls on Teen Mom 2 don't mind getting messy ever. And they always get into Twitter fights. And they're always just like calling each other out. So I get why Chelsea left. Chelsea was probably like, eh, you know, I don't want to be a part of all this crazy. I mean, Devoin just went on Kale's podcast. And that's so messy because Kale and Bree don't get along. And Devoin is Bree's baby daddy. So that's messy. And it wasn't a bad episode. I actually really liked it. And I am not a huge Kale fan. But I do think she has hustle. I do think she's a good mom. I just don't really care for her attitude. (laughs) I guess I don't know how that makes me sound. I don't really care, I guess. But on Teen Mom OG, I don't care for Amber. I really like she bothers me almost more than Janelle bothered me. Like Amber really gets under my skin like nobody else. So her storyline, she just wants to like buy a trailer and rent it out or something, which is a good idea. It's a good investment because she can probably afford it. She has a lot of teen mom money. But the one storyline I am really invested in is always going to be Macy, Bentley, and Ryan. Because I can remember back in the day, I was like, oh my God, Ryan and Macy, they need to end up together. And even Dr. Drew said that. But Ryan clearly has a very bad addiction issue. I should probably say allegedly there. Allegedly, Ryan has a really bad addiction issue. And he's been open about it. He talked about how he went to rehab. He's been arrested. I don't know if you guys remember. I don't know how you could forget, actually. Ryan driving all fucked up on the way to marry Mac. And then I have people in my, people I speak to, you know, I'm in a couple teen mom Facebook groups. Yeah, that's who I am. Um, and they're like, you know, I can't feel bad for Mac anymore. And I don't at all. I think Mac is there for the MTV money 100%. There is no doubt in my mind that she is. Um, but this past episode, Bentley was really open about how he felt awkward around Ryan. And Ryan actually said, I can't, I can't, like, hearing this and watching it, I was like, what the fuck? But he goes, Macy's just an evil bitch. Bentley's gonna watch this back. Do you think he wants you to be around you if you call his mom an evil bitch? In my opinion, Macy has been a great, not only mother, but father to Bentley because Ryan has never stepped up. And it's just crazy, the enablers in his life. And I have an addict in my life. I've talked about it before. My mom, she's an alcoholic. But I I know it can be hard to not enable people who do have these addictions and, you know, there's there's a lot of, I'm sure, psychology behind it. But there comes to a point where you need to really just kind of like cut yourself off. Like right before my mom went to rehab, I was getting ready to call her and tell her I could not talk to her. That's where I was at that point. Luckily, she was a, she's getting help right now. I'm so proud of her. I'm so proud of anyone who has really gone through that, been able to get help. And again, I understand addiction is really difficult. I know I'm kind of going off on a tangent. But anyway, back to teen mom. Basically, Bentley doesn't want to be around his dad because his dad doesn't want to be around him. Like his dad doesn't take interest in his life at all. And Taylor, who is Macy's husband, in my opinion, is a really great father figure to Bentley. And he has been for the last few years. Actually, I don't know how long they've been married. I think since 2016 they've been married. But now I read on the Ashley Reality Roundup And this may be a spoiler alert. If you are like really invested in this, um, skip ahead a little bit. 
But they just filmed their reunion, and apparently Macy and Taylor went off on Mimi, Jen, and Larry. And it all started out because, I don't know, I think Larry was saying how, you know, they've kind of brainwashed Bentley. I don't know the whole story, I will say that. It didn't, I didn't read the whole Ashley thing, I just read that there was a big blowout fight and Taylor was like, I've been more of a father to Bentley than Ryan has. And you know, you hear that, you're kind of like, where's the lie? There's literally no lie there. But I'm interested to see all that play out. And I do think if you watch the episode, Ryan is not sober. There is no chance Ryan's sober. You know, he shows up 30 minutes late to his son's birthday party, doesn't say hi to Bentley, ignores Bentley, and then goes upstairs for 30 minutes. There's something off about it. Hopefully Ryan can get the help he needs. Hopefully the enablers in his life can stop enabling him and kind of hold him responsible because he isn't a great dad to Bentley, but somehow in his mind, he is a great dad and Macy's the issue. It's very crazy and it's wild to watch the Edwards family just be like, oh, well, Macy's a trigger for him. Okay, like then he needs to go to therapy and learn how to work around that. Other people on the show... (laughs) Caitlin and Tyler are trying for baby number four. As you guys know, they had, I forget the oldest one's name, Carly. They had Carly, gave her up for adoption to, I forget their names, but they don't want to be on, uh, Brandon and Teresa. They don't want to be on the show anymore, don't want to be featured. And then they had, I don't remember their other daughter's name, but I know they have a baby named Veda. And Caitlin is currently pregnant again with baby number four. So she is having a girl. Sorry, Tyler. And I'm sure we'll see that play out. I'm sure. I don't know how long she's been pregnant. I'm not sure. But they just did like the baby reveal. And Tyler wants a boy. But that's not going to happen. And I actually think it would be really cool if they adopted. I think that would be interesting. Also, just real quick side note. I love Cheyenne. I think Cheyenne is a great teen mom. Well, she's not a teen mom. But she's a great addition to the teen mom family. And I actually forgot that one season like Bristol Palin was on the show. I don't know why that popped into my head. But I was like... Yeah, Bristol Palin was a part of the show at some point, huh? (laughs) And then there's Breeze on season two, never mind. And then there's Mackenzie, who is dealing with grief, losing her mom, being in a really bad marriage, and her dad just went through open heart surgery, so she's nervous about that. But hopefully she can move to Florida and be happy. I don't follow her on social media, so I have no idea what she's up to. The Challenge, of course, you guys know, that's probably one of my favorite shows of all time. Again, I'm not going to repeat myself. I repeat myself every week saying I wish that there was more drama, but I was really happy to see Big T and CT win. They are probably one of my favorite, like, duos of all time, the whole challenge. I think the way CT works with Big T is incredible. I know that he got upset with her a few times, but, like, I don't know. I really like them, and I love Big T. She's probably my favorite person on the challenge right now. Also, the challenge OGs was announced is going to be on Paramount Plus. And I'm like, all right, I guess I have to get rid of Disney Plus for a while so I can get Paramount Plus. And it's going to be all reality TV, so it's going to have the challenge, the real world. Um, I'm pretty sure Laguna will be streaming there, The Hills. So it's definitely going to be worth my money, but I'll probably get rid of Disney Plus so I can watch, so I can do the um, challenge OGs. Somebody asked me to talk about Jersey Shore this season, and I guess I don't really have a ton to talk about with that show. I mean, I like Jersey Shore. I think Jersey Shore is one of the most iconic reality shows of all time. 
And I really liked the first season of The Family Vacation, but now I'm just kind of over it. I'm kind of like, okay, we get it. And I was actually talking to the, I almost said her name. She likes to be anonymous. But I almost was talking to the um, person who runs Cabs Are Here. And one thing that actually really, really bothers me is they always talk about how, you know, Jenny got a new face, Dina, Snooki, Angelina. I'm like, can we talk about how much work Ronnie's had done or Polly D or Mike the Situation? And I don't know, it just kind of triggered me the other day. I was kind of like, you know, men get plastic surgery too. And we can talk about how men get Botox. (laughs) Because, I mean, Polly D has gotten a lot of fillers, and you can tell. But overall, I would say this past season of Jersey Shore has just been boring. I don't really care for it. And I kind of wish that they would just let it quietly die. I know they never will, because Jersey Shore cast gets paid. And I think they got pretty good ratings still, too. I think people just genuinely like keeping up with Jersey Shore. Which is fine, I get it. It's just this past season, I've been kind of like, okay, we get it. Everyone's mad at Angelina. Angelina's mad at everybody. We've been dealing with this since, like, 2011. <laughs> and then Floribama Shore premiered this week. I love Floribama Shore. Candace and Amy are my absolute favorites on that show. They crack me up. As you guys know, I cannot stand Gus. Gus drives me up a wall. He's such just like a baby back bitch. Like he's always just like, always upset, always ready to cry. Um, I don't know if you watch the show. If you don't, I don't know if there's a spoiler alert. But Nilsa announces that she's pregnant and Gus is just like, whoa, whoa, what? It's just, it's so crazy. And then the Gus and Jeremiah drama, I'm like, I'm sometimes I'm like, can you guys just literally kiss and make up? Like you're mad for what? I mean, I guess Jeremiah kicked him out of the house and he had nowhere to go, which I get. (laughs) I get him being upset, but he's just like, ugh. Gus is unbearable. He almost makes me want to stop watching the show. But again, I like everybody else on the cast other than Courtney, but Courtney's not a part of this season and they have not addressed that at all. She's very scary to me. (laughs) So if you listen to this and you know Courtney, please don't tell her I said that because again, she scares me a lot. But yeah, Amy and Candace make for incredible reality TV. I'll be definitely be watching all season. I know there is a fight between Gus and Jeremiah and then Gus also runs away at one point and they can't find him. So I guess we shall see what happens as the season goes on. But if you don't watch Floribama Shore, I highly suggest it. It gives me Jersey Shore meets Buck Wild vibes. And the first season I tried to get into it, I really couldn't. I was kind of like, no, I don't need to watch this. But I think last season um, I gave it a chance and I ended up really liking it. And I liked the cast members. And even though like I can't stand Gus, I do like him. Like there's a reason he's a part of the cast. Everybody needs a crybaby. And Gus just happens to be their crybaby. It's not Sammy Sweetheart. It's Gussie Sweetheart. But yeah, I will be talking about Floribama Shore weekly. I, of course, again, um, timestamps. So if you're not into it, you can kind of jump ahead. And Teen Mom, I'll try and get some more notes on it. Like I said, the only storyline I'm really, really invested in is Macy and Ryan. And that's been her storyline for like 10 years at this point. But yeah, that is the MTV show catch up because all they do other than play the shows that I talked about is play ridiculousness. So on this episode of The Hills, it is season five, episode four, and I watch it on Amazon Prime. It is on the Pluto app and then also on Hulu. Or the MTV app as well. So you, if you want to watch The Hills, you can watch it on Amazon Prime, Hulu, MTV app, or Pluto app. And Pluto app is completely free. So of course, it's previously on The Hills. We are reminded that Spidey is mad over Holly. The crew went to Vegas. 
Brody made Steph cry, and the tension with Audrina is getting bad, even worse than before, and we're also reminded that Brody and Doug got arrested. So we're at the Venetian, and the girls are calling local jails to try and find the boys. They've called about four to five jails, and none of them have any Brody or any Doug. And Lauren says, do we call a bail bond store? And Lauren is handling this well, you know, she's trying to figure it out, and I love that she's like, bail bonds, would they know where Doug and Brody are? And that's a good question, Lauren, because I have no idea. Honestly, I was thinking about what I would do if I found out my friends were arrested. I don't know what I would do. I guess one time, one of my friends got arrested. She called me from the station, and I was asleep. And then I woke up the next morning. I was like, what the fuck? And then I talked to her. She got out. Her mom got her. But I was kind of like, why the fuck would you call me? I'm always asleep, and my phone's always on do not disturb. (laughs) But Doug and Brody end up walking in, and they all tell the story. So get ready. This is the story, and Doug starts it off. He goes... Some crazy dude was really drunk and he's like, hey, we got hot girls, come party with us. And we were like, dude, we're just over here trying to chill out. And he's like, you too cool for us? And then Brody, of course, has to jump in. He goes, yeah, then Doug's like, yo, you need to relax. And then Doug steps in and he goes, yeah, he punched me straight in the chest. (laughs) So Lauren kind of gives them shit because they're talking about how this guy like punched them in the chest and then they went to casino jail to like, file a report against him. And Lauren kind of gives them shit. She goes, so you guys spent five hours in a room to press charges? If you would have seen how obnoxious this guy was, it was worth it. Brody says that. And then Brody goes, I'm going to come back and look at him in court and be like, ha ha. And it just reminds me of like the kids who are like, do you know who my dad is? I don't know why. It throws, that's the that's the energy that Brody and Doug are giving me at the moment in this scene. And then Lo, she's like, she gets mad at them. She's like, do you know how many places we called because we were so worried about you? But they all kind of laugh it off, get over it. And they start getting ready to leave Vegas. So I am calling like Stephanie, Frankie, Brody, Doug, Lo, Lauren. I'm just calling them the crew for this scene, just so you know. So the crew is leaving Vegas. They're walking through the casino and Brody keeps randomly just saying Vegas. He's like, Vegas, yeah, Vegas. And Lo says, I think we should come back when you do your court thing, just as an excuse to come back. And then an automatic voiceover, like, you know, when they show the back of their heads, when there's like a random, very clear voice, that is a voiceover. And Lo says, where's Audrina? And then who do we see? We see Justin, Bobby, and Audrina leaving. And Audrina goes, it was kind of awkward with Lauren at LAX, but whatever. Next time we come by, we can be by ourselves. And right when he said that line, I was like, oh my God, Justin, Bobby, you want to leave Audrina in Vegas again. I guess I completely forgot that he abandoned her in Vegas and that's why they broke up. Like we found that out in season two and I guess I just forgot about it. But now I'm like, this dude wants to bring her back so he can abandon her again. (laughs) But the crew is figuring out their car situation. And then all of a sudden you see Justin and Audrina showing up. And Audrina walks over to Lauren kind of awkward. And she goes, I know it's not the right time, but we, we need to talk. Okay, I'll see you when I get home. Get home safe. And it's tense. Remember, the word tension has been dropped about a billion times the previous episode. And it's true. It's very tense, very awkward. And also like... They're taking Doug's private jet. Does it only fly six people? Is there a reason why it couldn't be eight? Or did Audrina just genuinely not want to be on a private jet? Because again, as I said last episode, I would do anything to be on a private jet. I would turn Lala, I would be like Lala from Vanderpump Rules to get on a private jet. Just kidding, I'm not going to sleep with a married man. 
But anyway, we are now at Spidey's apartment and Holly's in the living room just painting her toenails, having a good time. Spencer walks in. Oh, what a surprise. Look who's in my office. Spencer, you don't have a job. But anyway, it's tense, but Holly says she's looking for jobs and apartments. And she also sounds like Morgan from season one of Laguna Beach. I never realized that until I was like, my head was down taking notes. And um, I was like, oh, that could easily be Morgan from season one. But Spencer responds, you do that from the couch all day? Yeah, I mean, I do. How, how about you? How are you? And Spencer just goes, I talked to Heidi earlier. Good to hear you guys are communicating. She loves having her big sister around. I'm sure she'd love it even more if you were down the hallway. But she won't ever tell you that, ever. Well, she's my sister. She can tell me anything. You think she's going to be like, hey, Holly, move out. And this is like Spencer's real voice. The voice Spencer uses now is not his true voice. I don't care what anybody says. But Holly says, Heidi wants me to move out. Heidi and I want you to move out, is what he says back. And Holly starts to cry. She's like, fine, I'm out right now. She grabs her purse and she walks out. And Spencer's kind of like, wow, I really fucked this up, I think. I think I think I may have fucked it up, my dear, in the words of whoever sings Little Lion Man. But she ends up leaving her nail polish, her toenail polish, right on the coffee table. She doesn't even bother to clean that up. She's just like, I'm outie. Don't you ever talk to me again, Spencer. She doesn't say that, but she should have. I would have. Again, this is when it was very scripted. But again, I would have lit Spencer the fuck up. Also, I was kind of thinking, and I know this is kind of like a silly thing to say, but before like Indeed and stuff, how did you find jobs? I feel like, was it really? I mean, Indeed probably wasn't around when The Hills was on. So like, if she was really looking for a job, did she just look through newspapers? I know that makes me sound very dumb or naive or whatever, but I feel like online job searches, I guess monster.com was around during this time. I remember seeing commercials for like monster.com. So she's been busy on monster.com from the apartment for sure. The next scene we were at People's Revolution and Lauren walks in and Whitney asks how she is and if they had fun in Vegas. Yeah, that's all Lauren says, yeah. Are you okay? You seem down. Sorry, I'm just stressing about Audrina. Have you spoken to her? Whitney asks and I'm gonna play an audio clip in three, two, one. I went to Vegas, didn't say a word to me. Are you serious? Well, are you going to talk to her? I mean, when I was leaving, she was like, we need to talk. I mean, obviously we do, but it's yeah. just, I think we've both been putting it off because we obviously have to say things we don't want to say. Of course. And then immediately after that, Whitney asks her to start helping style jeans because Lauren's like, I need distractions. Yes, give me something to do. So Whitney just says she needs to help her style these jeans, rough them up, and make them look more vintage are the directions that Whitney gives to Lauren. The next scene, we are at a Justin, Bobby, and Audrina date, and, we're, and we are at a barbecue place called Gian, J-I-A-N. And he opens the door for her, so remember, Justin, Bobby is a reformed man now. He's not burping in her face. He's opening doors for her. And I will say, his short hair is so damn hot with his short hair. Like, chef's kiss for him for cutting his hair off. Now, when they sit down, Justin's like, you're ready to do some grilling? You're ready to, to cook food for ourselves? And then Justin says, why spend any second of your life having that unsettling feeling for nothing? Those people bring it out in your life, then kick them the fuck out of your life. Unless it's him, right? Unless Justin Bobby's the one who's making you feel this way, then don't kick him out. Only kick out the other people. But they start cooking, and it reminds me of this place, um, Funky Griddle in Nashville, if you ever visit. It's kind of expensive, but it's more you're paying for the experience. 
but basically you sit at a table, there's a grill in the middle, and they'll give you like batter for um, pancakes, and then you can put whatever you want on it basically. But basically, I just said basically like seven times. Oh my God. I'm trying to record this because we have tornado warnings and I'm like, I gotta finish the podcast first. But Justin, Bobby and Audrina are cooking their own food on a grill that is in the table is what I'm trying to say. And then there's a place called Funky Griddle in Nashville that does that too. And then Justin says, if you need anything at all, I'm here for you. If you need a place to crash, if you need a place to go, you know you can stay with me. I can't run away from this. We're both just stubborn. Yeah, Adrena, that's it. You're both just stubborn, that's all. There's no one I would wanna fight less than Lauren Conrad. I feel like she would be a tough verbal fight to go through, like it just sounds exhausting. You're in a sticky situation is all Justin says to her as she tells him her fears. And then he, she goes, it's worth that last shot. I'm not knocking you to not do it, honey. Shut up, Justin. I hate that. I don't like when people call me honey. Like, that's just like a me thing. But I feel like when he says it to Audrina, it's like demeaning to Audrina. The next scene, we are back at People's Revolution and Lauren and Whitney are busy working together. And one thing I hate is that they're facing one another while working. Like I've seen open desk and stuff in offices, but sitting like directly across from someone while you're on your computer, I feel like you'd just be staring at them all day. That is, that is not for me. I like cubicles. I like to be alone. But Lauren just goes, she's texting me saying we need to talk. Who, Adrina? Yeah. Then we hear Queen Kelly Catrone because she does not have time for these antics. She pops in telling them that they need to go to a meeting about Dylan George. They're all sitting there and we find out that they'll be doing a Dylan George launch event for his new brand and it will be at Area Nightclub. They'll be collaborating with Interscope Records and they're launching some new girl named, wait for it, wait for it, Lady Gaga. Yep, this is the Lady Gaga episode. We get Lady Gaga pre-fame and we get the mascara tier. What an episode. But Whitney will be styling Lady Gaga and Lauren will be helping Whitney with the event. And of course, Kelly looks at Whitney and goes, don't let me down. I need Kelly Catrone to tell me not to let her down. Like that is what I need in my life. And then maybe I won't let people down. (laughs) Back at the Spidey apartment, Heidi walks in and asks where Holly is. I have not seen her actually, Spencer says. Was she here this morning? I don't think so. Did you uh, Did you have a bad day at work? I had a great day, but I haven't talked to my sister and I'm worried. And Spencer says maybe she doesn't have service. He's like, I go places I don't have service for five hours. Did you say something to her? No. So what did you say? I probably said we both wanted her to move out. Do you just not think about anyone but yourself? Now she probably hates me. And he just goes, you're not the bad guy here. And Heidi storms off. And honestly, re-watching this, like the Spidey storyline in season four is so boring. And that is because Lauren completely cut them out. Like they, she wanted nothing to do with them. But I feel like there's just so much dialogue with them. And I can't remember if like earlier seasons there were this much, there was this much dialogue or if I'm just taking way better notes than I used to. So we are at the Lauren's and Audrina's house and we are in Lowe's bedroom and Lowe says that the Vegas trip was weird. She thought it was weird. Everyone was missing when they woke up and Lauren is still upset about how Audrina acted in Vegas. She texted me saying that we need to talk. And she lives 20 feet away is what Lowe says. I mean, I kind of agree with that. Like 
Audrina can walk into the house. I mean, Lo and Lauren have both gone to her guest house, but she hasn't really walked into their house or into the main house, I should say, to talk to either of them. I mean, we don't need to be this core group of, of friends that always hangs out. If she wants to move on and hang out with other people, that's cool. I want her to be happy. From my perspective, you're unhappy about it. Something has to change, is what Lowe says to Lauren. And then Lowe says, no matter what happens, Lauren, you'll feel better. And that's true. I think when something's going on, when something's awkward, like it is important to just talk about it and get it off your chest. And then you will feel better, whether it's an answer you want or not. Like, no matter what, at least you'll be done with it. But Lauren says, how can I feel better when I lost another friend? I don't know what the answer is. And then Lauren quickly says, I know what it is. I just don't want it to play out that way. Lauren really does not want to lose another friend. She cannot handle losing another friend. And I get that. She's lost quite a few friends over the last few years of this show. Now we are at Area Nightclub and this is for the Dylan George event. And what is so crazy to think about when this was being filmed, Lauren Conrad, Whitney Port, Brody Jenner, were all more famous than Lady Gaga is at this time, or was at that time. Isn't that so insane to think about? But Whitney and Lauren are steaming clothes, and Lauren says she feels sick from all the stress about Audrina. But Lady Gaga pops her head out and she goes, Whitney, we have a problem, and her zipper broke. And they're kind of all struggling, and Whitney's like, we should get a jacket. You can wear a jacket over the zipper. We won't even be able to tell it's broken. But Lauren Conrad, fixes the zipper. She saves the day. I mean, if it wasn't for Lauren Conrad, would Lady Gaga have a career? Ask yourself that. But they all end up hugging. Lady Gaga goes on stage and she performs Poker Face before Poker Face was famous. Like, it's just so crazy to think about. The Hills really did launch a lot of careers. I don't care what anybody says. It was such a big pop culture thing. Like Lady Gaga knew what she was doing going on the hills, or at least like her her people knew what she, they were doing, having her being a part of the hills. Even like One Republic, there were a lot of Rihanna songs that really went off because of the hills. Like the hills was really a point if somebody showed up on it or if a song was played on it, they would blow up. Like Kings of Leon, they blew up because they were on the hills. You know what I mean? It's just, it's crazy to think about. So we're back at the Spidey apartment and Holly comes in and tells Heidi, she's trying to figure out what to do. Heidi's like, I left you messages. I've been worried sick about you. And it sounds like a mom. Like it sounds like a worried mom, which I thought was kind of funny. And Holly says, Spencer told me you didn't want me here and you couldn't tell me. And Heidi's like, you didn't call me and ask me yourself. I didn't know what to do, Heidi. And Heidi just goes, you think I'm gonna send Spencer to come kick you out? I'm sorry you felt that way, but you should have come to me. Then why would he say all these things? Is there any like bit of truth to it? And Heidi just goes, well, obviously there's a lot on my relationship. It's a lot of tension, but you can stay here as long as you need to. And Holly says, thank you. They hug, they move on. Again, like this Holly storyline is just very played out to me. I, I, I think when I'm recapping, like I don't care for this Spidey storyline, I can't lie. I know eventually it gets good again, but right now I'm kind of like, okay, we get it. Spencer doesn't want Holly living with them, blah, blah, blah. And again, I think it's because Lauren wouldn't film with them and Stephanie wouldn't film with them at this point. So they were just kind of grabbing onto anything that could potentially be a storyline. All right, so the last, scene of the episode is a big scene of course we are at the Lauren's and the Audrina's house and Audrina walks into the house and then walks up to Lauren's bedroom and I feel like this is the first time we ever see her going upstairs she's like I need to talk to you and Lauren's like okay I don't know how it got to this point Audrina says 
And Lauren goes, I'm not mad. If anything, I'm just kind of hurt right now because I feel like I'm trying so hard to be friends with someone who has no interest being my friend. I do care. I just, I want to talk to you. There's just, there's a vibe. <laughs> okay, can you be more specific about this vibe, Audrina? Please, I understand talking to an angry Lauren Conrad is probably very scary, but you need to give Lauren more than just a vibe. And also, um, I'm going to play an audio clip in a little bit. There is a lot of, obviously, dialogue between the two girls, and the audio clip is very long, so I just want to give you that heads up. But again, Audrina says that there's just a vibe. Why wouldn't you just talk to me about it? Obviously, it was going to be an uncomfortable conversation. I'm living with my two best friends who aren't getting along, and it was awkward for me, but I don't know what to do. I just felt like I was bothering you. I felt the same way when we hung out. You'd have a bad attitude or you weren't listening to me. All right, so that is where I decided to cut the dialogue, and now I'm going to play an audio clip in three, two, one. And remember, it is a little bit longer. How so? Like, I don't understand how I did that. And if I did it, why didn't realize you did. Why wouldn't you say something to me? Be like, Lauren, it hurts my feelings. I have in the past. I yeah. the, the night you came into my room and sat on the couch. Yes, the night when I came into your room because you wouldn't even talk to me. I just feel like I never stopped trying to be your friend and you just lost interest. You just didn't care. I call you. I when is the last time you called me and said, When hey, is the last time you called me? Last week I called you. Really? I said, yeah. I said, we're going out to Teddy's. Do you want to come? Two weeks ago, I had a bunch of people over. We were cooking dinner. I walked out and invited you. I said, hey, we're cooking. You my sister is here. We went to the Thrice concert. I had tickets. Okay, this is my point, is that I'm always inviting you. When is the last time you called me and said, hey, Lauren, do you want to do something? You don't like to do anything I do. You don't like going to shows. You don't like I any go of that. for you, though. I go. I sit. I'm awkwardly bobbing my head at the weird shows, but it's just because we're friends. I do it for you. We're friends. Like, I want to hang out with my friends, and I'm trying so hard. Like, the worst part is, like, at the end of the day, like, you were one of my best friends, and I feel like I've completely lost that. I've lost another friend. I'm so just, like, tired of trying to make you be my friend, and I don't know what to do anymore. Like, I feel pathetic. I don't... See, this is so frustrating. Like, I don't know. This whole situation just sucks. I don't, what do you want me to do? I don't, I don't, think, I don't, you don't think that I don't, I don't want, want to do. just be like, fine? You think that I don't want my do best friend back? I'm trying right now, Lauren? Like, right I know. I'm texting you. Okay, so what about the past? you want to keep bringing that up? Like, you can't start and keep dwelling on that. You have to start from now. Fresh start. Move forward. If you really, really want to say, like, let's go back. Let the past be the past. That would make me so happy because that's all I want. That's all I want. So obviously they end up deciding the past is going to be the past. They hug their friends again. And listening to that conversation, it is so me. And I've said a million times that I am the Lauren Conrad friend. But also trying to have a conversation with someone who's acting like Audrina fucking sucks. And I understand it's hard for some people to open up, but I would definitely be like Lauren in that situation. I'd be like, okay, so I asked you to hang out this day, this day, this day. And then she's like, that's the past. But then Audrina's bringing up shit from the past about how she felt like Lauren was ignoring her. And Lauren's like, I talked to you about that. I sat on your couch and talked to you about that. And then like when, when Lauren starts talking about um, stuff that Audrina did, Audrina's like, let the past be the past, Lauren. <laughs> It just, it drives me crazy. I am such a Lauren friend and I am that person who's always like, no, I'm the one who asked you to hang out on this day, this day. I'm so fucking annoying. I have to say it. Like if I'm upset with a friend, they get a little bit of my wrath. I can't lie with that. And it's kind of crazy. So a few 
days ago, I was actually talking with my group of friends. Um, We've all been best friends since eighth grade. It is me, my two girlfriends, they're both named Steph, and then my friend Rich and my friend Marty. So we were talking about like fighting with friends. And I feel like this was kind of like the perfect time to talk about it. And my friend Steph, she was like, you know, well, if you fight with people, it's actually kind of healthy, like to talk things out and kind of learn where you want to go from the fight and not just like scream at one another. And I was like, that's true because we've all been really close for a really long time, but there have definitely been moments where I've been an asshole, where they've been jerks, whatever the the case may be, but we always talk it out. And it's kind of interesting because with any of my friends, if I really, really care, I am going to reach out to you. If I think you're upset with something I did, if I think you are mad at me, if any of that, I will make sure I reach out to you. That's just very much who I am. Um, And a few episodes ago, I was talking about how I was kind of ghosted by someone who I was close with. And it took me a little bit to reach out to them and ask them if if they were mad at me. And I was talking to Callie, who I miss dearly. I know you guys used to see her on my Instagram story. She lives out in Yuma, Arizona now. But I was talking to her about it and I was like, well, you know, Callie, like if I thought you were mad at me, I would be up in arms about it, right? Like I'd worry myself sick over it. I would not, (laughs) I would annoy the shit out of her until she told me what was wrong. But this person kind of ghosting me, I was like, why should I care? Do you know? And I felt like that was the moment where I was like, Maybe this friendship isn't as important to me as I thought it was, especially because I did reach out a few times before that saying, you know, I miss you, let's hang out, blah, blah, blah. And they never really responded. So when I did ask if they were upset, they said, no, I'm like, fine, I'm just going to believe them, right? Like, I'm not going to push. They told me, no, I'm going to believe it. But I actually think when it comes to friendships, fighting is normal. Like, it's normal in any relationship to a point, obviously, Like you don't want to be screaming at one another 24-7. Then I'm going to say it is time to break up with that friend. But I do think friend fighting happens. Friend relationships are really hard. And friend breakups are really hard. But again, I do think it's important to kind of make sure if this person really matters to you, make sure to fight for it. Right? Like with any relationship, as I said a million times, you need to fight and make sure that things are okay if it's worth the fight. And then I think after that fight, you're like, oh, that wasn't worth it. And then you can kind of move on from it. Or you can be like, wow, it was worth it. And I still have this amazing friend. So that was a lot. (laughs) I just said a lot right there. Um, And I don't know if any of it made sense. But I felt like this scene especially, like Lauren is obviously trying to get Audrina to open up more. And Audrina is just not very good at communicating from what we see on this end of things. So as always, I am the Lauren friend hearing this conversation. I'm like, I feel like I've had this conversation with people before. And I don't think there's anything wrong with this kind of conversation. I think it's important to keep open communication with friendships, with family, with relationships, with anything. But that is all I have for The Hills, other than Heidi's acting really fucking weird on social media. I feel like lately, Heidi Montag has been kind of bananas on social. I don't know if you guys agree with me. She really seems to be unraveling. I'm a little worried about Heidi. Hopefully she reels it in a bit, but I always find it so interesting how she goes from being like this plastic surgery bombshell, like, look at me, look at my body, I look incredible. And then she will be like Pratt's prayers, make sure to follow Pratt's prayers. And then the next scene, next day, she'll be posting like a picture of somebody holding onto her boobs, young girls, and not young girls, they're like in their 20s. I don't mean to say it like that. But like women in their 20s, like holding onto her boobs and being like, next stars of the hills. I'm kind of like, 
Heidi, keeping up with you, girl. I am tired. And then, of course, a lot of you probably saw the picture of her. She was dressed in, like, all pink. And it just reminded me of the scene in Mean Girls when Regina, they go to Regina's house and Regina's mom. But before they even go in the house, Gretchen's like, make sure to check out her boob job. They're hard as rocks. So hopefully Heidi's okay. That's all I'm going to say. I hope Heidi's all right. Also, she's very much promoting, like, this new Pratt Daddy face care. So we'll see what happens with that. So now we are going to do some pop culture. Um, This week, Nick Jonas released a new song called Astronaut, and he also hosted Saturday Night Live. He did make sure Kevin was in the audience because he knows people know that he's mean to Kevin, and he wanted to do damage control because a lot of people were like, oh, he's going solo. He's about to quit the band again. But luckily, Kevin was there to set the record straight and be like, no, we are still a band. (laughs) Also, Nick Jonas with a shaved head does something to me. I can't explain it. I think Nick Jonas is cute. I don't care. I I do. And people are like, he doesn't have a front tooth. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I have crooked teeth. I don't care. (laughs) But I expected to see his song in the top charts on iTunes because, again, he performed on SNL. But it wasn't up there, and I was surprised. Honestly, I don't know if I'm getting old or what, but this song was not my cup of tea. It seems like his new album is going to have a lot of songs on it in general, so I'm sure I'll find something I like. I do like Nick Jonas as a solo artist. I also have somehow started to like the Jonas Brothers. I blame quarantine for that. I had nothing else to watch. (laughs) But yeah, that is my Nick Jonas rant for the week, I guess. Maybe next week I'll have a new rant. Some other new music that's coming out. Justin Bieber is coming out with an album called Justice. Justice by Justin Bieber. It almost sounds like a cologne, doesn't it? Like something you'd buy at like Macy's or something. Try this, Justice by Justin Bieber. And it would smell like cool water or whatever it's called. But he has a new album coming out. And then someone was also like, it's almost like Justified by Justin Timberlake. I'm like, good point. It is almost like that. So Bieber, we will see what his new music's like. I am not like a big fan of Bieber's music. I've said it before, but I am rooting for him to, you know, break the whole broken childhood star syndrome. I hope that he can really pull himself together. And, you know, I don't know if a tour would be super healthy for him. And obviously music is not happening right now in a lot of places. I know they're having concerts in Florida, which is wild to me. And at Kid Rock's fucking bar in Nashville too. They've been doing so little social distancing there. And I'm not going to get into it because I know COVID really makes a lot of people angry. But it is very frustrating when someone who has been trying their best to be good sees, you know, people going insane at fucking Kid Rock's bar in Nashville. But anyway, back to Justin Bieber. He has a new album coming out. Speaking of live music being canceled, my girl Taylor Swift had to cancel Loverfest. I guess I knew it was coming. It was just like the one thing I was really holding on to. It was the one thing I really, really wanted to happen and not to be like ruined by COVID, you know? It's been a really rough year for me, for a lot of people. And I was like, okay, well, Loverfest, maybe it'll happen in spring 2022 or, you know, just fall 2021. I was trying to stay positive. She officially canceled it. I get why she did it. Um, I have never worked harder for concert tickets in my life. So it was definitely hard. It's definitely, it sucks, man. And I know there are a lot of worse things going on in the world, but I think it's okay for me to be bummed out about this. Like, whatever you're bummed out about, I want you to know it's okay to be upset even though there are worse things happening in the world. I never want anyone to feel like um, like what you're upset about doesn't matter. And that's something I actually talked about with someone at work because she was upset about a coworker, and she's like, but you have all this stuff going on in your personal life and you're probably like, oh my God, you don't want to hear me complain. I don't care. You know, my issues 
don't compare it to like your issues. You know what I mean? Like I obviously you need to be cognizant of what's happening in the world and you need to understand that, you know, me not going to Loverfest is not as bad as children going to bed hungry. I'm very aware of that, but I think it's okay to be a little upset when something like this happens. Also, it has been confirmed that her fearless re-record is going to be released on April 9th, and I am hoping so much that I'd Lie is going to be on the re-recording. Also, if you're bored and want to go down a rabbit hole, look up what the song Breathe by Taylor Swift is about and who it's about, just in case you're bored. Lucy Hale and Skeet Ulrich were spotted canoodling at lunch, and in my opinion, Lucy calls the paparazzi on herself all the time. Like a few weeks ago, she was spotted going into a pet shelter, an animal shelter, and walking out with a new dog. So, like, Lucy knows how to play the game. And her and Skeet, you know, she, she had some, like, show on CW that only lasted a few episodes. Skeet, of course, is on Riverdale. Now he's not going to be on Riverdale. But everyone thinks he's super hot. So he's probably like, yeah, like, let's go. Let's, let's get some publicity. Anyway, I hope they're happy together. <laughs> I think he's like 52 and she's 32, if I'm right, but Skeet's super hot. Lucy Hale's super beautiful, so congratulations to them. I do think it's a PR couple, but you know, I think a lot of couples are PR couples. I just think it's funny that in one of the pictures, they're like looking directly at the paparazzi, then they lean in and kiss one another, but they've been spotted a few times since, so I guess we shall see how long this one goes. One crazy story I think that happened over the week is that Lady Gaga's dogs were stolen. They've been returned safely, so we love that. But her dog walker was actually shot and they stole her dogs. She has French bulldogs and I guess that they're very expensive and people target French bulldog owners to like rob because they have money. I did not know any of this until today. And I was talking to my dad about it and he said, you know, I bet you the dog walker was in on it. And then I was like, no wonder why I am the way I am and why I don't trust anyone or anything. <laughs> Just after he said that, I was like, you know, he may have been. I don't think he was. Like, looking into it more, I'm like, there's no way he was involved in it. But I was like, maybe now I understand why I am the way I am when it comes to anything celebrities. But yeah, the dogs were apparently found tied up to a random, like, light post or something. And a woman brought them to the police. Lady Gaga's team confirmed that it was, in fact, those dogs and hopefully we do not see anything like that again anytime soon. On James Corden this week, Prince Harry was on, and I don't know if he's still Prince Harry. He must still be. I know he's not a part of the royal family anymore, but he is still a uh, prince? Could we just call him Harry? I don't know. I don't even know his last name. Harry, former royal prince? Can I, should I call him that? Anyway, him and James, they had a 17 minute long thing on his show. It was actually really funny. Harry seems like a little peach. I've always been a big Harry fan. Um, I always thought he was good looking. Obviously, he's done some shit in the past, but he seems to have grown from it. One thing he said, which I thought was really interesting, he said that he would rather watch The Crown because that's fiction. He's like, I am more comfortable with The Crown than I am about stories about um, me and my wife. And I don't know much about British tabloids or anything like that, but I do know that British media hounds people. Paparazzi are really bad there. Um, and he said that it brings, like, his mental health was really bad because of that. But I have a feeling we're going to see a lot more of Meghan and Harry now that they've officially left the royal family and been relieved of their duties. I did think it was cute that he said he spoke to his grandma, who, of course, is the Queen of England, just casually. He's like, yeah, my grandma. I'm like, you mean fucking Queen Elizabeth? Yeah, her? She ended up sending a waffle maker for Christmas. And I can just picture her, like, on Amazon or something being like, what? 
waffle maker is a good one. Horrible accent. I am so sorry to all of my listeners who have a British accent and heard that. I'm sorry if it offended you. I am not good with accents, even though I try. (laughs) But yeah, it's a really good little um, segment, 17 minutes, quick watch. And he has a lot of core strength because he crawled under some barbed wire, went through some mud and did not get a drop on his white shirt. And I know he was in the military, so he did have to train for that. Anyway, it was a little cute scene. Um, Megan ends up like FaceTiming James or Harry or something. And yeah, I have a feeling we're going to see a lot more of them on their screens. And that was kind of their plan all along. But that's all I'm going to say. But also like Harry is very against the royal family right now, it seems. He seems to get along with like his grandma still. But I don't think him and William are close anymore. Obviously, last week, Texas went through a crazy weather pattern. Like there was a deep freeze there and everything. And I thought it was actually really cool. I saw this. Travis Scott makes a donation of 50,000 meals to Houston residents. I thought that was actually pretty cool. And I realized that I don't often cover like good things that celebrities do. So I am going to try and find like more positive things to talk about along with the messy shit. I think that's a good balance. And when I read that, I was just like, wow, that's really awesome. I think that's really cool that he did that because I think Texas is still kind of going through it, even though they've thought out. Obviously, there was a lot of damage to buildings, cars. It's just, it's crazy. Now it is time for some unqualified advice. Somebody asked me, they or told me they moved to a new city. They have zero friends. And I can only imagine how tough it is to move to a new city during a pandemic, especially if you're not going into work at all. I think when it comes to a new city, the easiest way to make friends is through work. And also just through like Instagram. I don't think it's weird. (laughs) I don't. I've met like a lot of people in Nashville just through Instagram in general. And then there are always these like different groups. Like there is a group for Nashville people called Music City Millennials. Like if you find any of those groups in the city that you live in, there's really helpful and people are usually like yeah let's grab drinks let's grab dinner and even if you just get drinks once like at least you met somebody and maybe you guys hit it off and you can be friends I know it's crazy trying to make friends when you're older um luckily I don't I I make friends pretty like easily and then it's more hard for me to like keep new friends I think I can be a lot (laughs) like to be totally honest Um, but yeah, I think there are Facebook groups that will welcome you and you just have to kind of put yourself out there. Dating, it's like dating except for friendships and it's hard. And there's also like Bumble BFF if you want to go on that. I know a few people who've met their friends through Bumble BFF. Another one which I thought was really interesting, advice on dealing with an alcoholic parent while you're, while you still drink and party. Okay, so this is me to a T. Growing up, I never drank. Like, I didn't start drinking till I was 19 or 20. Well, all my friends drank in, like, high school and all of that. I never did until way after, maybe, like, two years after high school. I guess not way after high school. But I think you just need to also keep yourself in check. I think that's the most important thing. When I was, like, between the ages of 21 to 23, I drank way too much. I wanted to prove that I wasn't like my mom. Like, that was my thing. I was like, no, I meant to get that drunk. I meant to get that blackout. No, like, you really have to just watch yourself and then I never drink around my mom like that's just the rule I have after high school I ended up moving in with my dad so I never drank around her I never wanted her to see me drunk I think I've only drank around or been drunk around her a handful of times and it's been at like my grad party or a high school reunion when I came home from that I was pretty drunk but other than that I don't drink around her and it seems to work what you do with your life is your life and you can be there for them, but also still live your life. And that's my advice with that. Any tips on finding that first big girl job slash career? I'm graduating in May and anxious. 
Um, it took me a while. Kind of where I'm at right now is my first like career career and I was 26 when I got the job. It took me a lot of bouncing around and kind of finding what I wanted to do. I always suggest making a LinkedIn. Make a LinkedIn as soon as you can. Um, Indeed is a really great, great place to find jobs. And just put yourself out there and apply for things you're not sure you'll get. I think that's really, obviously just be prepared for like email saying you didn't get the job as long as you prepare yourself for that. But I think that just apply everywhere you possibly can. And a lot of them will be entry jobs and a lot of them will be tough at first, but congratulations on graduating. That's my, I mean, graduating, great for, great job. I can't, I, I keep saying I can't imagine, but I can't imagine graduating when you had to be virtual for so long. Like online classes did not work for me. So congratulations on that and just start applying as soon as you can. I would even start applying in like April and let them know you're graduating and kind of be like, hey, like here I am. <laughs> That's my advice. You're very stressed at work. You want to leave, but feel guilty leaving your team. Let me tell you something. This is kind of a hard truth that I had to learn. You may think that you leaving a job like will will really do damage to the job, to the team, to whatever. Yes, it will put more pressure on the team for sure. Like currently I'm doing probably three people's jobs because a few people have left. But end of the day, you don't owe your company anything. You owe them a two weeks notice. That is what you owe them. And yes, it, your coworkers will be miss you and it kind of sucks because it's funny, one coworker of mine is actually leaving and I really got along with them for, you know, the past year or so. And I'm kind of like, well, I guess I'll never see you again <laughs> because it is weird when you leave a job. But I think it's really important to do what's best for you and you don't owe your company anything. I promise you that they they will find another you in like a month or two. So if you are that unhappy with your job, I think it's really important that if you can, if you can afford it to, you know, give yourself that grace and let yourself leave that situation if you're that upset. I said this a few episodes ago, but I got another question about starting a podcast. Um, I use Audacity to record. I have like a Yeti mic. I put a little boom thing over it so you don't hear me pop them peas as bad. And then um, I use Anchor to put it out. And Anchor is a free um, platform if you want to put out a podcast. So Audacity record, it's free. And then the Yeti and then the... um, I call it the pee popper, but that's not what it's called. <laughs> I don't know what it's called in real life, but you get those, the the microphone, and then you use Anchor to put it out or whatever, but those that's what I use. How to accept a coworker getting an undeserved promotion while you continue to do the job of three people with no acknowledgement. I think you should leave that company. That's what I think. I'm telling everyone to quit their job if they're unhappy. <laughs> that is my advice. Um, I know it's not that easy, but I think you just need to continue to do your job or three people's jobs, as you said. Keep your head down and apply to new jobs. Work somewhere that fucking appreciates you. And that is the advice that I have for you. Someone wants advice on how to deal with a single friend who complains they are single but does nothing about it. They're over it. I get it. I get it. I get being frustrated with that. I mean, you can only be there to listen to them. But maybe at this point, just be like, I created a Tinder account for you. (laughs) that's what I would do. I'd be like, you know, you won't stop complaining. So I got you a match.com for a week for free. That's who I am as a person. So maybe that's why I don't keep keep new friends. They're like, oh shit, like this girl's fucking nuts. Um, But yeah, I think you just have to listen to them and to a point be like, well, you're not doing anything about it. Maybe if you say that, they'll realize that they're not doing anything about it and kind of wake up. How to tell the guy you've been in love with for years that you want to date him. Ooh, ooh, I like this a lot. I like this one. 
you got to tell them, right? You, if you're feeling this way, you got to let them know. And whether they're into it or not, that's going to suck. That's going to be tough if they're not into it. But if you got some vibes, if you got some feelings that they are, in fact, you know, interested in you and maybe you guys can fall deeply in love. I hope that's what happens. But maybe just like go out, just the two of you be like, want to grab dinner? And then like at the end of the dinner, like you lean in for the first kiss. I think that's how it should go. That is my rom-com dream. I think that's awesome. I think I hope you guys work it out. I hope you guys find love. And when you do, can I be at your wedding? And can I be the DJ at the wedding? Because I want to grab that aux cord more than you know. (laughs) Oh, one thing I forgot to talk about in the pop culture thing. um, Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill posted something about these photos that were posted of him while he was surfing. And he talked about body image. And this is something I think about a lot. I think about body image all the time because I'm unhappy with my weight. And that's something I talk about openly, freely. I'm trying to do better. You know, I'm not drinking as much soda. I'm not eating as much shit food. But getting rid of weight's hard. And Jonah has obviously gotten rid of weight, gained weight back, was heavy when he first started. And it's just been like a roller coaster. And I think one thing about body image that's really important to remember is just that literally every single body is different, right? My body is not the same as your body is not the same as Jonah Hill's body is not the same as Chris Hemsworth's body. And I was then thinking more about it. And I'm like, we talk a lot about female body positivity. We do. We're like, love your body, love yourself. But I feel like men don't get that as much. Yeah, there's the dad bod. But even like dad bods are considered like Chris Evans after he eats a burger or something like that. It's not like an actual thing. I don't know. It just, it's so interesting. And I think it's really important for men to speak about that too, because not everybody is able to afford a trainer who cooks for them, tells them how to work out, does all these things. And yeah, I don't know. I thought it was really kind of important that Jonah did come out and say something and be like, this isn't fucking cool. Like you're, you're stalking me, taking these pictures of me when I used to not even want to be shirtless in front of people because of how ridiculed I was for my weight. So hell yeah to Jonah. And I do think it's time we start really loving ourselves. And that that goes for me a big way because I hate the way I look sometimes. You know, I'll look in the mirror and just be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? When I think we all just need to do better, or at least me especially. I'm not, I shouldn't put it on everybody else. But I need to be better at being like, oh, well, you know, you may have a stomach, but look, you have nice eyes. You have a nice smile. Like you need to start, I need to, I need to start looking within myself. And one thing I actually have been doing, I have been doing daily affirmations and I have been meditating. So I think that that's really helpful. Um, But yeah, that was just like a little body positivity thing. That wasn't any advice to anything. It was just kind of like nice to see, you know, a man saying something because we see women say it so much. And I don't think we maybe don't think of men that often when it comes to the body image stuff because they're expected to look like these buff, like Henry Cable, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Evans, the the Avengers bodies, when in reality, that's that's really hard to get. Like people aren't blood... I shouldn't say people aren't. Not many people are just genetically blessed that way. And with that, it is time to say goodbye. As I was editing, I realized I said season five, episode five, I believe, but it's season four. We're in season four, not season five yet. Um, I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. I hope that all of your dreams come true. I really hope March is kind to us. I know it's been crazy, but I actually saw this quote and I was like, okay, I actually really like that. It was like, you wearing your mask during this past year could have saved more than one life. And that's the way I keep thinking about it. Um, I just really hope you guys have a great week. I will talk to you next week. There are some exciting things happening down the pipeline of the podcast. And 
Yeah, also, <laughs> I went on a rant, I think, Saturday night on my Instagram story about my upstairs neighbor, and people have been sending me this gif, or meme, I'm sorry, this meme, and it's like, my neighbor breathes, and it's a girl pointing up. It's by Joe Gunn. He does a lot of really, really funny memes, but I was like, yeah, that is me. That is me. I can't lie. I try really hard to not complain because I grew up in apartments, right? I didn't live in a house until I moved in with my dad when I was like 19. It was always apartment living. But yeah, Saturday night, Saturday night, the creaking was really getting to me. <laughs> but thank you guys so much for listening. I will talk to you next week. Bye.